Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Time now for the College Football Inquirer with Dan Wetzel. It's just a dumb buyout. It's bad athletic directoring. It's bad, and it's just the business. It's not just Colorado. It's all of them. Stop acting like they have all the power. SI's Ross Dillinger. I say do the same thing they did to the fish. It's time for those lead weights to go down the pipe. You know, you you got to swallow some lead weights, you know. And SI's Pat Forty. Wetzel has so rigged this thing that he actually wanted to count the fat bear results in the race for the case. Here's Pat, Russ, and Dan. All right, welcome to the pod, and we have got an addition for you. A lot happening, firings all over the country, the, 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 the decay of Red River. We're going to try to spice up the Jimbo-Nick feud no matter what. I don't believe Nick Saban's forgotten or forgiven. <laughs> Getting... Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Weird week. All the games we circled as big games are not big games anymore. That's right. It's Fat Bear Week. That's right. <laughs> Get ready for that. That's coming. Back by popular demand. I'm going to make a song go viral. Oh, no. Yeah, wait. Oh, not no. telling you. Not telling you. Uh, we got all sorts. Oh, and the, fi- and the fish scandal. The fish oh, cheating yeah, yeah. scandal. Gotta so we're going to get to that. Scandal. There's a lot. Uh, this run- My rundown here. Is uh, to tell you how much I prepared, like I did not like break down how the TCU offense will go against the Kansas defense this weekend. I did listen to a fish cheating podcast. <laughs> well, good. All right. Okay, so you know, yeah, there was we, some we, some effort put in there. We tend to go with our strengths, and I'd say things involving cheating and controversy and anger. Fit in well with got to be it, got to be it. But let us start with Wisconsin. Yeah, uh, we taped the our pod Sunday morning, and we kind of knew Carl Durrell could get fired at Colorado. We'll just talk to him, but we weren't holding the pod for that. Uh, Colorado been horrible. Uh, we did not see Paul Christ being fired on Sunday. Wisconsin, a program that seems to move slowly in everything, that hadn't fired a football coach since 1989. And I think you had this, Ross had not fired a basketball coach since 1995. Moves to fire one day after Brett Bielema walks into Madison like he still owns the place and just steamrolls him. Chris had a great run for a while there, uh, three 
uh, Big Ten West titles in the first five years, four 10-win seasons. Since then, just 15-10 and 10 overall. Team looked terrible this year. But thoughts, well, I'll start with you, uh, Pat. Thoughts on making this move that quickly. I'm not saying it wasn't the right move or the inevitable move. It just felt like a, like, let's go. Can't deal with it one more second. We'll pay you $11 million to get out of here. Yeah. Uh, cold move. Disrespectful move. Despite the athletic director using the words respect and admiration for Paul Christ in the statement announcing this. Uh, I mean, Paul Christ is, is as Wisconsin as it gets. Even more than Jim Leonard, who everybody, oh, he's a Wisconsin guy. Well, Paul Christ was born in Madison lived for six years within a couple of blocks of the stadium while his dad was an assistant coach, played at Wisconsin, assistant coach at Wisconsin, head coach at Wisconsin, ditched Pittsburgh in like 90 seconds to come back to Wisconsin to be the head coach there, and won a lot of games, a lot of games there. Everybody talked, oh, last year was just, they were 9-4 and four last year, and you're Wisconsin you're not Ohio State. You're not Alabama. You're not Georgia. You're Wisconsin, nine and four. Okay, maybe it wasn't ideal, but it was nine and four. And then you start this year. Yeah, this year's bad, two and three, and it's a bad two and three. They have no good wins. Uh, you get trucked by Bielema. You lose at home to Washington State. So, but I mean, to not let Paul Christ try to turn it around, Paul Christ. Of all people, to not let him get a chance to finish this thing or at least, you know, finish a season, that to me tells me a lot about where college football is, where it's gone, where it will continue to go. Money keeps going up. Desperation keeps going up. We must win. And I just would say, beware what you get next. It better be good because one thing you hear you know from the fans or whatever or other people are like you know if you really were watching what's happening you would have seen the problems with the recruiting infrastructure and this and that and da 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 those are the same things i heard at texas when they ran out mac brown then they brought in charlie strong who went 16 and 21 same things i heard at texas when they got rid of tom herman who was 32 and 18 well how's steve sarkeesian doing he's 8 and 9 same things we heard at Auburn two years ago when they ran out Gus Malzahn, whose last three years were intolerable. He was 23 and 13. Brian Harson's 9 and 9, and they're firing him anytime now. So if you're going to do it, you better get it right because you're just costing yourself a lot of money and hoping you can replicate something. Yeah, we, we have a, a lot of good examples of this. And the, you mentioned some good ones, Pat. And also I'll throw in there uh, Bo Pelini. At Nebraska, when when they yep. fired him, his record and his record in all his stats are actually fairly similar to Paul Christ's stats at Wisconsin. Uh, he had three division titles, seven bowl trips out of seven full years, six bowl wins, three top fifteen finishes, and he won seventy two percent of his games. So it reminds me a lot of Pelini. It also um, I want to throw in there a And M and Kevin Sumlin, which uh, which I, I believe. Jimbo Fisher now has the exact same record at this time that Kevin Sumlin had uh, at mm. his uh, in his fourth year or, or whatever it is uh, that wow. that uh, Fisher's in. Yeah, it's um, it's you know be careful what you wish for. Grass isn't always greener, right? The next hire isn't always uh, going to work. Sometimes it's like okay 
to win eight games. Um, it's okay to win eight games every now and then. Like, uh, you'll be okay. So it was it was a shocker. I think we all kind of knew the core Carl Durrell thing was probably going to come at some point in the season or maybe after the season. But this one just, you know, every year feels like you have one of these that just like comes out of nowhere, like a shocking one. And this one strikes me, uh, obviously, this one is the shocker uh, so far uh, and probably will be, I would guess, the most surprising of the of the cycle. But I wonder if this wasn't thought about a little more. Jim Leonard feels like uh, he's a guy that could have had other head coaching jobs in the past, maybe, and he stayed at Wisconsin. And you wonder if this was always kind of somewhat a plan uh, to give Jim Leonard a shot. You know, he's got, what, seven games, and you got to think if he goes like five and two or something or better that uh, he might just uh, he might just get that job. So this kind of – this feels like it has a little uh, pre-planning that, uh, that maybe happened uh, with an eye toward Leonard being the new coach. Okay. I don't disagree with you on that. Uh, but – so this – like this – the Jim Leonard, okay, give him a shot, all that. Uh, they just lost 34 to 10 to Illinois. Are you that excited about the defensive coordinator? <laughs> <laughs> they gave him 304 yards. And now, you know, I mean, it, it's just sort of a funny thing. It's one thing if they're losing, like, put it this way if you're Iowa's defensive coordinator, you're like, hey, man, it ain't our fault. Okay, we're doing a pretty right. good job over here. What do you want? What do you want out of that? I don't know. It's 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 an interesting thing. I think they were, for whatever reason, this suggests to me there was a lot of people tired of Paul Christ, and they weren't just sitting there walking into the season going, "Oh yeah, we're really happy with them." Like last year, they went nine and four. They got off to a tough start. They lost to Penn State. They lose to Notre Dame. They lose to Michigan. They're one and three, and then uh, they they win, they, including. Uh, beating a, a top 10 Iowa team to win on the road at Purdue. They, they go on a big win streak, look really, really impressive, climb all the way to 14th of the pole. They lose at Minnesota. And then they beat Arizona State in a bowl game. I mean, like, yeah, not a great season, but you come into this and say, hey, fire your coordinators, change this, do something to just to just dump Paul Chris five weeks in. Uh, stunning. That said, I don't know. I mean, look, you're getting paid this much money and the team doesn't look good. The offense doesn't look good. I can kind of see it both ways, but I would be very careful with that and say, where are we, what, what exactly are we doing? This was a solid coach. This was not Carl Durrell where you're losing every game. You're 0 and five and you're losing by 30 points. And you're literally at that point, you're saying our, the kids on the team, the fans that do show up deserve better than this. We are non-competitive. Carl Durrell fire him five games in for just complete incompetence. But here you're sitting there going, man, I don't know. I mean, he turned around a season a year ago when he's yeah. one and three. And I mean, they they beat, they were winning games impressively last year. I get the feeling they didn't want to give him a chance to turn around. Yeah, I, yeah. that's usually yeah. it. Fire him now yeah. before you get that win and it delays it. So I think somewhere in there uh, you're done because, yeah, you're one and three last year on October 2nd. They beat Illinois 24 zip. They beat Army. They beat 24 14, whatever. They beat Purdue by 17. They beat Iowa by 20. They beat Rutgers by 49. They beat Northwestern by 28. They beat Nebraska by seven. Like they're rolling on and they have a shot at, at winning the West. And they lose that Minnesota game at Minnesota and don't make the Big Ten championship game. But other than that, you're right where Wisconsin's supposed to be. And you get a rematch against Michigan uh, that beat you. 
but you'd get a rematch and they only beat you by a few touchdowns. It's better than what I Iowa gets absolutely steamrolled, right? So interesting move. What obviously this is a program that has gotten to be very good. We've talked about in the playoff era there they would have had if we had this playoff extending back, they would have hosted uh three playoff games in Madison. Uh, it's a very good program. I hope there aren't Wisconsin fans who think that they should win the national championship. I hope there's not Wisconsin fans that think we should be able to beat Ohio State every year. But it is very good. But clearly, this is a program that has some interest behind it that are saying, I'm not really feeling good about 9-4 and four and just, just winning the West. So what's realistic? Is Jim Leonard that guy, or do you get somebody else? If I mean, obviously, he has the inside track, but is this a place where a coach I would think would be pretty interested in because I think there's a lot going for it. Yeah, I mean, there, there's a lot going for it, but it is not. It is not self-sustaining, automatic. You're winning 10, 11 games every year. I mean, if that's the thought, then they might be uh, deluding themselves. But I think kind of what they're hoping is that Jim Leonard could be their Kirby Smart. If you go to where Georgia, when Georgia pushed out Mark Richt, who was – successful and won a lot of games and was a great guy. And everybody liked Mark Richt. It was like, we, we are sure this assistant coach who has never been a head coach is going to be a rock star and you go and get him. And it worked out. That's what they're hoping with Jim Leonard or the other alternative. We talked about this. uh, This has been discussed at least. And I wrote about this some this week is, are you trying to get in on a Lance Leipold derby? Uh, the Kansas coach who's, you know, 5-0 and there, which is virtually impossible. And coached and at what, has Whitewater? Deep Wisconsin, yeah. yeah, deep Wisconsin ties from the state. Uh, was an absolute D3 coaching legend in the state. And it, it, look, people, I, I, I wrote, athletic directors are always looking for a formula that they can repeat and replicate. Could he be their Bo Ryan? You know, is he the guy who was who was an absolute legend in the state on a lower level, and you give him that shot, and he and he continues to win? I don't know. Again, I do. I think they want to give Leonard a chance first, but if if the next six weeks or so don't go well, I wouldn't be shocked if they won in on Lance Leipold. Uh, but you know, I, as far as just expectation and identity, you can. I think Wisconsin has a right to say we should be at or near the top of the Big Ten West every year. Uh, win certainly more than we lose, have a chance to play in the Big Ten championship game. Maybe every once in a while we can win the Big Ten championship, but don't count on it. So that would be my expectation for Wisconsin. Who would have thought we'd uh, we'd be here talking about a, a bidding war derby for the Kansas football coach? Yeah. But uh, here we are <laughs> on October 4th, yeah, talking about the uh, biggest name maybe or one of the biggest names in the this Carousel this cycle being uh, Lance Leopold and in, uh, in his Kansas Jayhawks. So, but here we are. But yeah, maybe uh, you know it certainly would be if if Jim doesn't work out. It it makes a lot of sense for uh, to Lance to come on to a place uh, in a state that he's obviously very familiar with. If you're Lance uh, or or Matt Rule or any of these guys that are kind of gonna maybe have their choice. Let's say you're Lance and you have your choice. Do you take Nebraska or do you take Wisconsin? Whew, that's a good question. I would I would probably lean Wisconsin. Uh, more modern success. Same, pretty similar levels of fan fervor. I mean, they're putting 80,000 in there and they care. 
Nebraska, the one thing about, I mean, Nebraska is a football monolith. They like, you know, some women's volleyball and some other things, but it's really a football school. Wisconsin, they're good at a lot of stuff, frankly. Uh, they're good at basketball. They're good at hockey. You know, there's some other things there. So if you want a school that is just totally devoted to winning in football above everything else, that might be the play. There's no Bucks or Packers, right? Too. There's no Bucks or Packers. No. So, but I, I don't know. Personally, I'd rather live in Madison than Lincoln. Give me, yeah. Yeah, I would. I think I would pick Wisconsin too. But um, in football terms, but that's yeah, 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 yeah. Sure. That that's a that's a tough one though. That's it's it's almost it is it's almost kind of a toss up uh, because I think I think the way Nebraska spins on football and especially in the NIL era, I think might be the better job actually. I I'm to me there's a lot of that stuff going in. The NIL spending, the transfer portal, to me, both of those things can help Nebraska. Uh, their number one problem is proximity to talent. Obviously, Madison's closer. It's an easy drive to Chicago and the West suburbs and obviously got Milwaukee and stuff. I mean, you know, Wisconsin put out more players than than Nebraska as a state. And, uh, you know, but the the Chicago, North Northeast, uh, Illinois area is just so strong. Yeah, and then you know into Michigan and Indiana and all that, but you just you just closer. But Nebraska, you know, if you're paying, that should help. If you're getting guys on the bounce, or they're just looking for who can get me to the league, do you have the facilities? I think Nebraska, you know, should really jump the portal hard, and and maybe their recruiting classes should be like 15 kids a year, and yeah. that's it. And then the rest should just be we're just gonna we're gonna gobble up. Uh, all right. You did this. You wanted warm. You wanted, you know. Look, come up here. Let's get to work. If they can, they can settle it. Maybe it matters less. You're still playing in a massively huge deal, and there's probably money laying on the table for everybody. Uh, so I don't know. Interesting decision for 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 those two because those two schools will be potentially fighting. Although it could just be Jim Leonard. But look at Northwestern at Michigan State. Um, yeah. You know, chance to win soft a landing or soft mm -hmm. takeoff for uh, for Jim Leonard. Uh, and then they get Purdue, Maryland home at Iowa. Then there's an at Nebraska and then there's a Minnesota. So I think you're right, Pat. He didn't want to sit there and say, oh, geez, the guy who's won six and one going down the end. And here we are again at eight and four. And yep. we're off to the Outback Bowl or whatever. Yep. You see that a lot, too. I remember when I was a beat writer covering LSU, that was the thing that happened a couple of years with Les Miles before he was actually fired. Uh, four games in is they kept on, especially the year before that. I remember 2015. They, two and two, right? You know, they, they were about to pull the trigger. Well, 2016, yeah, they were two and two. But 2015, you know, they got off to that crazy kind of good start. And then um, then they com completely collapsed and had basically decided to fire him after one game but didn't fire him. And that's right. the problem. Then in the season finale, he upset Texas A&M. They carried him <laughs> off the field. People and lo and behold, yeah, he, right. he was remaining yeah. the coach. So you got to you got to pull the trigger when you decide to do it, or you know, or they could stick around. And I, that does seem like that is part of what happened here. They didn't want they didn't want necessarily him going on a run and then kind of being forced to keep him. I guess. All right, Colorado fired Cara Durrell. Closest, the best result of the season so far for Colorado was a 43-20 loss to Arizona. 
Oh, they're on fire. I mean, they, they, this had to happen. This is not yeah. a functioning football team right now. Look, they pulled Darrell out of the NFL. They they were screwed, Colorado. Michigan State, if you recall, three years ago, Mark D'Antonio, for reasons I'm still not sure, decides to retire after National Signing Day, waits, holds the kind of program hostage, finally retires. Michigan State's desperate. They go out and, and get Mel Tucker with like a $5 million deal that now looks like a bargain. Uh, Colorado's got to look for a coach like late February, and they don't have the money that Michigan State does to just throw it at somebody. So they get Cara Dorrell. Uh, why they gave him a huge buyout, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> my God. Again, That's, the agents, again, coaches' the agents yeah. just ski masking these ADs. Who was Carl? Where was Carl Dorrell going? Right. Who were they bidding buy? against? They were bidding against <laughs> themselves, is what they were. I mean, Guy I was an NFL assistant. Yeah. Anyway, he comes in. He had a, a couple, he had his moment or two. But it's, you know, now now they're sitting there saying, we ain't going to be last on this coaching carousel. We're going to be fine. Right. What, Pat, you grew up in Colorado, so you can explain this. But obviously, Boulder, awesome, awesome city for like I, me. I don't know it's great for 18 year old football players, but it's kind of like the, you know, let's go to the farmer's market, then the game kind of town instead of just the game is everything. What's Colorado? I mean, look, they won the title a long time ago. Eric Bieniemy, hello, sitting there at the Chiefs, yeah. be pretty interesting. But what is Colorado capable of, and what kind of coach can they get? And should they just throw it all at Bieniemy? Well, yeah, it, it's a weird job. There's no doubt about it. If, if you could get an Eric Bieniemy interested in it, still, yeah, I, I, I'd be, I'd be attractive. I would think. As you said, it's a great college town. It's a you know, a great place to live. It is very far from a football hotbed. The football hotbed is circles around the Broncos, period. It's a, it's a very pro state and Boulder itself is, you know, not super sports attuned other than outdoor sports. Yeah. Mountaineering, right? Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. It's like hiking, biking, yeah. skiing, <laughs> Colorado is a national skiing powerhouse. I knew that I, I can tell you that Colorado and Utah win the NCAA skiing championships every year. Uh, but as far as football, there's just, you know, there's not people that give a lot of money to the school to, to be good at football. They don't, you know, spend lavishly on facilities. The state Denver produces some players for sure. Colorado Springs occasionally produces some players, but it's not like, you know, you, you have to go to California and Texas a lot to get your guys. Going into the, you know, that they 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 were big in Texas when they're in the Big Twelve. They've tried to shift a little bit more to California and the Pac twelve. They're in a, you know, they're in a place in the Pac twelve where it's it's a pretty good competitive opportunity. But they're never going to compete for a national championship again. I don't think that that was would be extremely hard to replicate. They they had some very good coaches who did some incredible recruiting. Probably took in some pretty rough characters for a while. But, you know, they, they got they had a very good run, and it's going to be hard to ever replicate that again. I was uh, I was talking to some Colorado people the last couple of days up there, booster booster types, and um, about kind of what happened and uh, where they go from here. And there's a lot of uh, – there's certainly a lot of interest there in going back to the, quote, big eight uh, or, you know, what's left of the big eight and the big 12. So there's a lot of people there that wish – I think they would be more successful there from a recruiting standpoint and would enliven 
the old kind of rivalries and, and get them more, you know, they're more like maybe like-minded schools uh, compared to, you know, the, uh, the Washingtons and the Oregons and you trade them for the Kansases and the Oklahoma States and, and they're, they're more like those schools. But so I, I, I thought that was, that was kind of interesting. I, I think there's a lot of people there also, like Dan had mentioned, scratching their head over why Carl Durrell had the buyout that he had. $11.4 million uh, is, is the buyout. It's the second, you know, there, we've had five coaches so far, five, Power Five. Well, five overall, right? Yeah, just the Power Five. We have not had any G, G5s pull the trigger yet. So we had we have Frost, who leads it all with $15 million buyout. Darrell is second, 11.4. Darrell is second. Jeff Collins, 11.3. Paul Christ settled down to 11. And then Herm Edwards is around eight. So we're we're already up to $56.7 million. Last year was believed to be a record at $94 million in buyout money. But we're already up to $56.7 million. It's astonishing. And um, I don't know... I don't know when the market, when we have a correction. I, I don't know. Maybe it doesn't happen, but it's just, it's, uh, you know, Durrell's firing and Durrell's buyout is a, a good window into this buyout situation in college football, which is just, uh, just going, going wild. Well, I, yeah, you know, this is Colorado's always crying poor. Everyone in the past, we don't yeah. have enough money, right? Yeah. Well, yeah. Look, if you had a reasonable buyout on this, Carl Durrell was the Miami Dolphins wide receiver coach. <laughs> he hadn't coached college football since 2007 at UCLA. His five years at UCLA, he, went six, he won six, six, ten, seven, six. He's the wide receiver coach. He had previously been with the Jets. He did a year at Vanderbilt as like a, as an OC, Houston Texans, Dolphins before that. Like, He's just a guy out there. And why would you give a contract to just a guy that it gives you a that guarantees that much money? Uh, no idea. No, did did think, he get a renegotiation after yes, 2020? Yeah, I was just about to well, say. Well, why'd you do was that? A, well, he was a Pac-12 coach of the year or something like that in 2020. Was, I mean, come on. He, went he was, but let's two. look at it. Here's the deal on that. They played four games. They yeah. were three and one. And he was the Pac-12 coach of the year because the Pac-12 didn't play any games. And if that's oh, when they? he got they a renegotiation, they, re- they played four games. No, they played a bowl game. No, did they? Texas, they, they lost. Huh? They played six games. Six? I'm just like, well, uh, that's I not. So. I mean, that, that's, that's not a whole lot better. <laughs> they lost to Utah. They lost to Texas. Oh, they did play six. My yeah. They played San My Diego apologies. State, too. He would. Three and one in conference. Yeah. Three and, yeah. One, Three in and conference. one in conference. That was it was four conference yeah. games. Yeah. What, why are you yeah. renegotiating? Where is he <laughs> going? Like well, they only 80s. lost the bowl game by 32. Ah. It, now look at and this is the problem. If you're sitting here now, let's say this guy is a reasonable buyout, like whatever he, you know, the three million, which is still incredible. Like dare him to go. You're looking to get back on the churn. This is why they should yeah. go with the. They should have just gone up and taken somebody out of you know out of the FCS or something and, and pay them low. Stop giving these buyouts like you're worried that William Christopher Sweeney's going to leave. Yeah, you got that guy, sure. Or you got even then they're going to go. 
people are going to go like enough with the buyouts. There is no there's no guarantee on either side. Where are you going? And if they were sitting here right now saying, hey, next coach, we've got seven million squirreled away here because we're not giving it to the last coach for improved assist, you know, coaching salaries or use of a private plane so you can get around the West easier or whatever, whatever infrastructure you need. Instead, it's like, oh, we just blew that money. It's a bad, a bad hire and a bad contract. Does this uh, does this make you you guys feel any better? I'm reading about his contract now. Uh, during the COVID nineteen pandemic, Burrell accepted a ten percent pay cut of his total salary. Thanks, Colin Burrell's a nice guy. <laughs> but, I mean, great, thank you. There's no fans. I mean, you're bare, you You know what? You only had to coach half the season, right? I, amazing, amazing. Eleven million. It's just a dumb buyout. It's bad athletic directoring. It's bad, and it's just the business. It's not just Colorado. It's all of them. Stop acting like they have all the power. Yeah, certain guys do have some power. This isn't it. You're Colorado pulling a guy off. Like, you couldn't have gone to any other wide receiver coach in the NFL, said, hey, you want to be a Pac-12 head coach? Like, you're basically just rolling the dice saying any of these guys, and I don't know. Like, what was Carl Durrell doing with the Dolphins? Yeah. I think they sucked in 2019, didn't they? Probably. They've sucked a lot lately. They've, yeah, they've sucked a lot. Let me, let me, let me throw this, in a If you want to get the enemy and say, look, you're the OC of the Chiefs. You're our guy. We know you're, I mean, presumably, should have happened like years ago, but eventually you're going to get an NFL job. We want you to leave the NFL. We are going to get a splash. We are going to get... We're going to get Patrick Mahomes' offensive coordinator. We are going to have to pay you. I get that. But not when you're just plucking a rant. That's the OC of a team that could win the Super Bowl and has the best. Pretty good gig just coaching Patrick Mahomes the next X number of years. Um, uh, just a, a quick point here. He did not get an extension or anything. It doesn't appear yeah, after being yeah. the coach of the year. He, I don't know what didn't. happened. Know he what didn't. Happened. And let me do another correction here. Although, I mean, it's not – it's not that big, but the the buyout of eleven point four includes his what he was paid this year. So I guess the buyout's so, more around eight million. It looks like okay, not that. Right. I mean, still it's absurd. But but I mean, still a buyout that much is absurd. But it 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 would you you have you have to subtract what he what he made uh, already this year, and we're what three fourths right. of the way through the year. So you can do the math, and you know it's around like seven point eight to eight million dollar buyout. So. Again, it's amazing. It's I'm um, just all right. Still crazy. I I apologize to the. Uh, maybe I should. <laughs> you guys fed me bad info. I did. We did. It's all right. It's still an eight still. million dollar buyout. Come on. It's crazy. Good, good for Carl Durrell, man. I'll tell you what. You're sitting there a couple years ago. You're coaching the Dolphins, a wide receiver team. This Brian Flores. Things aren't going really well. And all of a sudden, Colorado, man. And now you're sitting there going, Maui. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that's right. Yeah. I mean. They they did give him a five year contract that went three point two three point four three point six three point eight four. I mean that's that's pretty good for a wide receiver coach to suddenly get. Pretty interesting. All right. Well, we'll see uh, what happens there. All right. Searching for NBA playoff coverage? We've got you. The Old Man and the Three, presented by BMW, gives you an inside look into the world of sports. Hosted by former NBA sharpshooter and Duke legend J.J. Redick and sports writer Tommy Alter, The Old Man and the Three offers unprecedented access to the league. 
Tommy and JJ discuss the NBA and interview some of the biggest names in the league, like Devin Booker and Luka Doncic. NBA final season is the perfect time to dive in, and you can listen to The Old Man and the Three wherever you get your podcasts. To hear episodes brought to you by BMW. Push the limits this NBA season with the brand that set the ultimate standard. BMW, the ultimate driving machine. Saturday night in Tuscaloosa. So this is funny. We've talked about the television, uh, the uh, the way they the draft that, that networks have on their uh, how they pick television games. And one of the contracts has CBS's SEC deal is they are allowed to pick a game and put it in prime time every year. And they can pick any CBS can pick any SEC game, put it in prime time. And what did they pick this year? Texas A&M and Al- visits Alabama. That's because last year on May 19th, on, in, on uh, I believe on the internet, I think the night before, uh, or maybe that day, Nick Saban had gone to a some speaking deal in Birmingham. He's sitting up on stage and he, and he got kind of forgot he was getting filmed. And he said, Texas A&M bought every player on the team. <laughs> which sparked a furious reaction in College Station. Jimbo Fisher called Nick Saban a narcissist. He said he should have been slapped or beaten as a child. (laughs) He's told everyone to ask how he got to be this football god. He implied, he didn't, it it wasn't an implication. He accused, he, no, he, he stated as fact that Saban had been cheating or violating some unknown rules for years. Yeah. He went after the king. And so everyone thinks this is going to be the biggest game. A&M's got the number one recruiting class. They beat Alabama last year. They beat him on National Signing Day. Jimbo is frothing at the mouth. Saban has to slink it back. But you know, oh, no. It's right there in the back of his head. Here we go. So CBS uses one of its primetime broadcasts on this game. And what do we get? Alabama is a 24-and-a-half-point favorite. The AM fans are in a shell, just hoping they don't get trucked. <laughs> Bryce Young may or may not play. One of the re- He has a uh, sprained shoulder. One of the reasons he may not play is because Saban's probably better off saving him for next week's game. At Tennessee, which is a bigger game now. Yeah. Pat, what the hell happened? <laughs> College football happened. That's what happened. A&M, hey, we know it. somebody in the top 10 is going to flop every year. And this year we might have more than one, but A&M right now is one of the leading contenders to be that flop. I didn't really love that team coming into this season to begin with. I thought they were too young at too many positions. And boy, I but I did not expect their offense to be the absolute flaming catastrophe that it has been so far. They got no good quarterback play. Their best receiver is injured. People are just killing Jimbo for A, still calling the plays. As you say, he should be delegated. He should have a, a more modernized offense with a younger coordinator. Uh, everything now, like Jimbo can't do anything that's going to meet the approval of the fans unless he beats Alabama again. But so that place has just become an absolute dumpster fire of of repercussions there. Uh, and yeah, I mean, it's funny. I, I'm still going to the game because I want to see if Alabama does try to step on the throat and I want to see who's the quarterback for Alabama, whether they do play Bryce Young or not. 
Jaylen that Milbo. injury, we'll see. You know what? The throwing shoulder, you don't like to see a throwing shoulder injury. If it's the other shoulder, you can do some things there. But I don't know. That 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 could be an issue going forward. So it's, uh, it is wild, though, that between that game and Red River, we're talking about TCU and Kansas. Like, what, what the hell happened? College football. Mm. Mm-hmm. I, I, uh, do they need Bryce Young to beat Texas A&M they might not. at home? They probably might not. Amazing. Um, they, they probably don't. Uh, A&M can't move the ball at all. And uh, so it's, it's not like you, can, uh, you, you need to score that many points, I don't think. So, yeah, if they want to – I'm sure they don't want to necessarily take that chance and let him sit. But uh, if for whatever reason he can't go, I, I, you know, I'm sure the spread on the game would, would drop a little bit, would change. But, uh, but I, I would think they would not – to win the game, I would think they would uh, not need him. And that's, that's how far that, uh, that the Aggies have fallen. I, I've been um, – yeah, it's been – it's probably been the biggest, right, disappointment of um, – of the year of any team, probably um, the Aggies. So uh, I'm actually, as it turn as it would turn out, I'm in Tuscaloosa right now, passing through. And uh, I think a lot of people here are uh, excited to see 50 to 14. I don't think that uh, I don't think that old Nick has forgotten, and I don't think he's going to be calling off the dogs necessarily. I, uh, you know, the the offense obviously is not good. Max Johnson has taken over. They're on two QBs. Jimbo need to stop, you know, stop the, stop calling plays. What do we do there? How about the defense? Like they lose Mike Elko, takes over the Duke job, and they're giving up well over 300 yards a game. Mississippi State ran for 144 on them, averaged six yards a carry. That's unbelievable. Mississippi Mississippi State State, doesn't run. They don't want to run. No. But he's, you know, so... Alabama might be able to just line it up and let's go. We're just going to push you around. Big game. Tickets as low as 80 bucks to get in. Now that game would have been huge, even bigger. So uh, lines now 24. We'll pick all these games later in the week, of course, in the race for the case. But Jimbo, something's got to give it A&M. They still owe him $84 million. Talk about buyouts. Honestly, I'm sure they could... (laughs) You never tell a Texan they can't come up with the money. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Watch this. I, w- I was once doing a, a story with Jerry Jones. Jerry Jones got into the boxing industry. <laughs> he was getting into boxing. He was hosting these big boxing matches at at, uh, at uh, AT&T Stadium. He had, like Manny Pacquiao a couple times. And he said uh, he was in this kind of bidding war with Vegas. And he goes, I can outbid him. And then he goes, hold on. I don't need the headline. Jerry Jones got thinks he's got more money than Vegas. <laughs> he goes, <laughs> he goes, he says, he's like, it's off the record. I, I guess I'm taking it on the record. It's funny. He goes, but I might. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, I don't know that MGM MGM internationals does all right too, but he might, but he did get those fights anyway. Yeah, I mean, it's got to be staff shake up. I, I, I don't know. They got a ton of talent yeah. coming in. They're still winning recruiting wars. I mean, I'm not ready to give up on Jimbo Fisher, but a lot's got to change. Uh, he has the runway because I don't see how you can fire him. Even if you come up with that money, that would just be obscene. Yeah, that would be yeah. gross. I mean, just, that would on. be disgusting. Yeah. How about I mean, we just rebuild like, you know, 73 schools in the state? <laughs> I mean, no $84 million. Yeah. Can we? 
come right. up with something better to do than make Jimbo go away. He's not that. Well, it's going to be interesting in the off season to see how much pressure he gets to to uh, to hire a play caller. Mm. Hire, you know, uh, he is yeah. what I mean. Probably for the last twenty years, even when he was an assistant, he called plays everywhere. So I'm sure he's not going to relinquish that duty very easily. So uh, I mean, even going back with Saban on the staff at LSU, you know, he called he called plays. So I mean, it's twenty twenty year twenty plus years of play calling. I I uh, good luck to the person maybe Ross Bjork who has to tell Jimbo, hey hey hey, uh, time to, for you to to give up that duty because I I he's, wouldn't think he's going away quietly with that. No, it's interesting. I I read a, an interview with him. You know, some questions were asked about that earlier this season and. Maybe he was just trying to get through the interview, but he's like, "Yeah, I'd consider it. I'd, I'd, I'd be open. I, you know, we'll look at it. Da 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 da. You know, but that might be one of those things where you just say what people want to yeah. hear so that you can keep moving. Yeah, I don't know. But and then the other one is the noon game: Oklahoma, Texas, Red River. This game, Oklahoma's three and two, and limping in. Texas is three and two. Someone's leaving with three losses. There's so little excitement about this. I'm not even worried about any of the uh, fans shooting each other Saturday night. And that's, I mean, usually someone gets got at the end of this game, and I don't even think anyone gives gives it enough. If someone, if if if, and I don't know why you people watch the games together. This is usually where the problem happens. Right. It was a mixed yeah. party of OU fans and mm-hmm. bat. There you go. There's the warning sign. Uh, you all get drunk. And then you watch the game together, and then someone shoots the other one so bad they can't even call it the Red River Shootout anymore. They have to call it the Red River Rivalry, okay? Mm-hmm. But I think if you sit there and say, "Hey, you know, let's say Texas wins," or you know, the Sooners suck, and they go, the Sooner fans will be like, "Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah." It's uh, it's pretty bad. It really is. Like right now, Oklahoma's tied for last in the Big Twelve at zero and two. And Texas is uh, one and one. It's like, I mean, again, the shocking thing is that the game in Lawrence, Kansas is exponentially bigger than this. Either TCU or Kansas is going to be six and zero after this weekend. And if you are in the big 12 and you're not Texas or Oklahoma, how much are you loving the schadenfreude of this, of just those are the schools that are jilting us and they don't matter. They didn't matter last year. It was Oklahoma against State against Baylor in the championship game, and it was a hell of a game. This year, it very much looks like neither of those two teams are going to be involved in the championship again. And you could have Oklahoma State right now in the top 10. You've got uh, TCU, Kansas, and Kansas State all ranked. They they will miss, I said this in, in the dash this week, that Brett Yarmark with the only time he will miss Oklahoma and Texas at this point is when he's at the negotiating table trying to get a new TV deal. Other than that, hey, competitively, we're okay. We don't need you. Pretty wild. Yeah, they're not. They're not. They're not. Uh, they're not going into the SEC on on fire right now, um, which I'm, I'm sure uh, the league isn't thrilled about because uh, I mean they would want him them to do much better. I, I uh, I'm looking at the Big Twelve standings and it's it's just funny, you know, the the four undefeated Big Twelve. Four undefeated teams in conference in the Big 12, Kansas, Kansas State, Oklahoma State, and TCU. Just, you know, it's, uh, yeah, fairly fairly shocking. That that league down the stretch is going to be really fun, and, and I know we'll talk about it later, but um, Kansas and, and TCU meeting with the Big 12 basically lead on the line. It's hilarious. 
We'll talk about that, the uh, uh, race for the case later this week. Yeah, so I will say this, though. Quinn Ewers expected back. We will see. That is what's interests me because he was really good yeah. at the beginning of that Alabama yeah. game. And true. Texas's entire season can change pretty quick and do it. So here's what I want to do right now, though. We've got some song. I want to take a song and we're going to try to make it make it big. Okay. <laughs> this is a good song. That we're going to be the vehicle to make a and song it leads viral into a it? people's court. Yes. Do okay. we, I don't know okay. if we have the vehicle. I don't know. There's better well, podcasts. I mean, given our massive global and interplanetary reach, we are influencers. Here, I think we got a chance. Yeah. We are influencers. And there is a, a musician in Nashville, Tennessee. I may mispronounce his name, Chase Kamala. Chase Kamala. And he has written a song, an ode to the SEC sorority girl. Okay. It's an ode to the SEC sorority girl. Oh, uh, the song is just called SEC. And uh, this should go huge this year. This should go huge. Producer Sean, can you play Chase Kamala's SEC? I'll tell you when to stop because it gets, we don't need to do the whole song. It's not very long, but uh, it gets a little repetitive. Can you play this for for everyone? Uh, If this isn't your number one song, you know they have a song of the summer? This should be the, the song of the fall. Okay. I, I would love to play this yeah, song. It's great. It is great. She goes to college in the SEC In a get up just to go out just so she'll be seen She only pulling up if she drinking for free She goes to college in the SEC You know the type, the type I'm talking about She ballin' hard with daddy's money in her bank account She never had to worry about degrees She's scraping by with 2.5 in a sorority Auburn, Alabama, Gators, or Balls If you know one, you know them all College in the SEC In a get up just to go out Just so she'll be seen Yeah, Brad Groupie All for the team Only pull up to your party If you're SAE She goes to college in the SEC In a get up just to go out Just so she'll be seen She only pulling up Is she drinking for free She goes to college in the SEC Yeah <laughs> Don't waste your time She's got a type QB or PhD, she wanna be a trophy wife And she's a 10, like, out of 5 She'll catch your eye and then she'll wreck your entire life Georgia, Kentucky, or Miss LSU Texas A&M and yeah She goes to college in the SEC All right, we can cut it. <laughs> SEC, Brilliant. you can find Brilliant. it at Apple Music, Spotify, anywhere you want. Brilliant. How did you latch onto this? I have sources. Sources. Okay. I sent it to uh, Sean the other day, and he just goes, "Oh my!" <laughs> just text back, "Oh my!" It sounded the, uh, the two point five, like, the outfit yeah. to be seen, QB the, PhD. I like QB it. or PhD, <laughs> trying to be a trophy wife, the whole bit. Yeah, she's only pulling up if she's drinking for free. She's drinking yeah. for free or SAE, which apparently is yeah. uh, is that the cool huh. frat? I don't know. Yeah. I, uh, Ross, explain I, explain this. Yeah, Ross, Ross, yeah, <laughs> Ross went to an SEC school. Yeah. I went yeah, to Missouri when I it was, was a Big Eight school, so I can't. Yeah, that. yeah, that, that's great. That's wonderful. Yes, uh, SAE was. It was. Uh, in <laughs> fact, the uh, you know I went to Mississippi State, and the SAE house at Mississippi State was the by square footage. I believe this is right. By square footage, it was the biggest frat house 
in either the nation or the, at least in the SEC, but in the nation in like, they wouldn't shut up about it. It was just, that was the thing they talked about. <laughs> Our house is square footage wise. It's the biggest, you know? Um, but I don't think it was even the biggest as far as members fraternity um, at Mississippi state, that was a Kappa Sigur or Pike, which had their houses right next to each other. And they would, they would, uh, they would constantly fight and do things to one another's car or the house itself, knock off rear side view mirrors. It was like always something. They're always fighting. That was typical. <laughs> like the old Miss Frat fight in the stands there? That was oh, that was a good brawl uh, the other day. That was the funniest yeah, thing somebody ever in seen. the Somebody in the news conference asked uh, asked Jackson Dart about the fight. Like, um, hey, what do you think about the fight in the stands? He's like, what? What are you talking about? I was playing a football <laughs> Probably, game on the field. Yeah. Like, what? <laughs> They all uh, went in their blazers, man. You were, well, of course, you normally of course. see 20 guys ready to throw down in blazers. I kind of respect yeah. it. That's that is that is an SEC frat move is wearing mm. the blazer to a game. Well, uh, never under, this never song understood. to me will be, I think, even though it makes fun of the SEC sorority girl, I think it'll be embraced by them. I think that they just need to flip it around and be like, yeah, I go to school in the SEC. Sure, and, there should uh, be a little veritas there. Yeah, there's a know. lot there. The there's a lot of popularity. These schools are very popular. The Bama Rush thing is surging applicants and stuff. Like it, they want the oh, whole yeah. thing. So See, there it is, is. This is actually our second SEC sorority story we've covered on the pod. Well, I have another. We, oh God. Okay. People's <laughs> court. Oh, guys. The Honorable Judge Wenzel, Judge Forty, and Judge Dellinger presiding. This is the People's Court. Oh, <laughs> if the People's Court, this I, I don't know all of the the inner workings of the of the sorority influence here. I do know this woman was is in a sorority. I believe she's a Delta Kappa, maybe. I don't know. I think that's the one. <laughs> Um, anyway, get up uh, on your Greek, your Greek language. Come on, Dan. I actually can. I took Greek and I know all the letters. Yeah, that was the one thing I learned. It was, the, it paid, it was no use taking Greek except when you went to college, you knew all the fraternities. As By well. the way, as we're Just, talking about this, I, I'm in downtown Tuscaloosa in my hotel. I've got a window out onto the street. It's like the main street. It's like down, you know, the downtown area. And there was just like eight women coming out of a building, all with sorority shirts on. So there you go. look right there. We go. Hall. I know. Here's the thing. All of our listeners are now stuck with that SEC song in their head. (laughs) Oh, for sure. I am totally. Yes. Yeah. It's it's catchy. It's catchy. All right. Anyway, Ole Miss homecoming election. Oh, here we go. All right. This is going to be a, there is a controversy. Now, first off, very interesting. They have a, you vote for Miss Ole Miss. (laughs) Mr. (laughs) Ole Miss. And then there is another one for homecoming queen three elections i guess it's like lieutenant governor what is a, what is anyway there was a vote they've crowned a uh a crowned a champion uh harrison foxworth uh was mr <laughs> old miss of course yeah that, <laughs> of course that, that's was. the most old miss name ever uh-huh. harrison foxworth did you make that up <laughs> no, i did not he won every Golly. year yeah harrison foxworth My i believe he's goodness. from a well-toned uh suburb of jackson no i don't know where harrison's from it's probably from a uh, Lydia Robbins was Miss Old Miss, and uh, Eliza Peters was elected homecoming queen. But here is where we get the the controversy. Uh, we had a previous candidate named Jenna Kripe. I'm and I'm sorry, Jenna, if I am 
mispronouncing your vote, your uh, your your name. But Jenna Kripe, she should have qualified for the runoff. Uh, this is elaborate, elaborate rules, as we mentioned on the Alabama homecoming controversy. She had received 34.98% of the vote, was in second place, should have gotten into the runoff, but then this happened. She was disqualified from the election for for breaking the her campaign budget. Her camp she exceeded the allotted limit of her campaign budget. There is there's campaign spending reform at the Ole Miss homecoming. You can only spend $750, okay? Which is good, good. because God knows yes. how much money they would have spent for like mm-hmm. a U.S. Senate race at this thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. However, this was the issue. She, Crape uh, is running on a campaign of discussing mental health. Okay. So she had a whole campaign and she was trying to bring mental health discussions to the students. She had put up this billboard thing, kind of interactive bulletin board where people could talk about how they feel. It exceeded. The sign size limit, again, this is in the rules, of 72 <laughs> inches by 30 inches. Mm-mm-mm. Okay, so because of this interactive bulletin board she put up to try to promote mental health discussions, she got fined 100 bucks, and the fine blew her past the 750 limit, <laughs> and then she was disqualified. Wow. Cripe <laughs> was going to uh, appeal this, but uh, I don't... Daily Mississippi is has been covering this, the Daily Mississippian, but uh, there was no real follow-up. They just did the thing, and Cripe, I don't know. Cripe seems to have moved on with her life. Good for her. So, Justice 40, is it fair to disqualify an Ole Miss homecoming uh, queen candidate because they blew the budget when the reason they blew the budget was a fine? You weren't expecting this, this one today, were you? <laughs> no, I wasn't. I was not. I was busy looking up Harrison Foxworth, I have to admit, who's from <laughs> Columbia, Mississippi, down near Ross's territory at the south end of the state. And the Columbia, interesting thing yeah. that right next to Columbia, Mississippi, is the town or the unincorporated community of Foxworth, Mississippi. There you go. Ah, there you so go. He's, he's got people. That he's apparently got people. Of town. Yeah. Anyhow, to answer your question, Dan. When you were talking about something as sacrosanct, <laughs> as holy, as sacred, as vital as the Mississippi homecoming election, there have to be rules. There has to be structure. And you cannot just go making a sign that's too big and expect to get away with it. I'm sorry that no, she she has to be out. Law and order has to rule here. I mean, you know, this is probably one of the biggest election stories of the fall. Certainly anything that's happening next month. Uh, involving anyone else will pale in comparison to this. So we got to have some law, order, and structure. She's out. Justice Dellinger. I disagree. I don't understand how a fine can can be. I mean, it's like being double fined, you know, that it would, <laughs> would count against your expenses. I don't I don't understand that. I, I uh, Not that I feel really sorry for this. Well, I'm sure she'll survive and be fine, and she probably drives a BMW, and her dad's a lawyer, and so she'll be fine. Uh, but Ooh, little uh, Mississippi yeah. State hate there, right there. But uh, See that? <laughs> hear that? Little egg bowl got in there. Little dick. We don't know. You don't know. This woman's promoting uh, mental health discussion, and you're I'm ripping sorry, on not her. a BMW, a Mercedes. I'm sorry. Um, oh. <laughs> um, she goes to school in the SEC. I will say, 
I was in, I was at the Oxford, you know, at the Ole Miss Kentucky game, and I was in Oxford in the square in Oxford. I think I talked about this a little on the on the uh, reaction pod, but it was wild, you know, in the square. And I tweeted out about it, you know, there was one in and one out at 7 p.m. at some of the bars. It was so crowded, and and I I had met, I had tweeted that uh, there was a woman wearing a diamond encrusted crown strutting around the the Oxford courthouse around the square. Well, lo and behold. The one wearing the crown was the allegedly the homecoming queen, and she tweeted out really? her name was Eliza Peters. She's like, yeah. I'm the girl wearing the crown. No you way. Know? So, uh, yeah, how about that? Uh, oh, she was wow. she All was, right, congratulations uh, yeah. to everybody. Strutting her yeah. stuff, yeah. Uh, I feel this it was is very I, Ole Miss. So I think there's two things here. One, uh, the fine can't put, shouldn't put you over the edge, but obviously no. taken to its logical conclusion, you could just keep getting fined. Right. Yeah. Well, that's so, true. And yeah. And so, but I think maybe second and daddy fine, would pay it. second fine could do it or something. I don't know. This seems to be, I'm kind of, you know, but then again, in the spirit of trying to win, it's about baking like little signs with little, you know, bedazzled, hey, vote for you know, Harrison Foxworth. Right. It's not, I have an interactive bulletin board. Sounds, I don't even know how to get. So. It's a tough one, but I, I would rule on the side of Jenna on this one. So, Jenna, you didn't win homecoming, but you did win the people's court. Two to one. That's uh, an outrage. The minority decision stands. Soft. We're soft on crime. Soft yeah. on crime. They're gonna. If I run for homecoming king, that's what I'm going to get. Rules, back. mores, and structure we needed in America. <laughs> you guys just trampling on that. All right. We still got a couple here. It's Fat Bear Week. It is Go. Fat Bear Week. If you do not know, you haven't been listening. We've done this for years. We are influencers. This is now big everywhere. Fat yep. Bear Week. And I think it's because of us. I don't think it's just because people love fat bears. <laughs> uh, Katmai National Park in Alaska is home to some of the largest bears on Earth, the brown bears. Uh, the adult male brown bear is an average of seven to 900 pounds and, and actually can hit 1,200 or so by fall. And now they're about to go in and have uh, uh, they're going to go hibernate, right? So they're they're eaten up, and this is the time. This is their this is when they are their fattest. So the people up there at uh, Katmai have sponsored for a number of years here a uh, chance to vote, and you can pick who will win the be named Fat Bear of the Year. So it is Fat Bear Week, and so uh, we make our selections. I have been correct on a number of times, and I'm claiming my guy again. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's like right, a, I have to tell I have to tell Ross that uh, Wetzel is so rigged this thing that he actually wanted to count the fat bear results in the race for the case. Yes, I thought at least a tiebreaker, <laughs> at least a tiebreaker. Yeah. Um. So you can pick. We have a number of the old, uh, regular listeners will remember. Uh, Chunk is back. Grazer Walker, I believe, won one time. Uh, don't count out Holly. She's a big, big, big woman. That's a big woman, Holly. <laughs> she, it's not easy to fight the men on this, but uh, they do it. So who are who are you picking? But I want seven forty seven again. He was named that just because they they just they give him numbers. But the fact that his number was seven forty seven, uh, he's a lar- very large adult male. They have bios of all these guys. Uh, yep. He has a block muzzle, uh, according to the uh, Explore.org page. Few brown bears ever. Grow up as large as the bear shares an identification number with a jet airplane. 747 was first identified in 2004. 
See, early. That was like ranking eighth grade point guards on rivals. And they knew <laughs> he they believe he has weighed at times 1,400 pounds. Wow. He often of- hangs out in a jacuzzi in Brooks Fall and just oh. he's very skilled and efficient angler, and nobody comes in there and messes for his fishing spot. So I get I get 747 because I identified him early also. Pat, who you uh, Pat, who you picking? We'll go, I would go Ross, but I think you need a moment, Ross, to I'm, I'm capture the excitement. Catching up. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Now, I, I mean, 747 is, looks like a great pick. I mean, again, like the ass on that thing is incredible. So <laughs> your, your choice really is good there. I'm, I'm looking like Otis, who I think I've picked before, didn't look like he had a good offseason in the weight room, man. You know, he just <laughs> he, he did not he did not bulk up the way I would have hoped. Uh, so I am going to go with um, Divot. Divot is my pick. He oh, might, be, he might be a new one. Newcomer, yeah. 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 So I'm I'm down with Divot. I like the name. I feel like he probably is creating divots in the, the ground when he walks. So I I like uh, I like Divot, and I think he's got a shot at pulling the upset here. He could be your bracket breaker. Okay. Divot is a that's a good looking. Has a circular scar. Oh, it's a female too. Divot. Oh, there circular we go. scar around her neck that remains evidence of her ordeal and reminds us that wild animals do not recognize our political boundaries. What is this? Wait a minute. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. she she tried to escape. Oh, the park boundaries. Park boundaries. Yeah, and they had okay. to snare a noose. Oh no, a wire wire trapping snare. Mm-hmm. Able to break free. Yeah. Anyway, all right. Divot for Pat. Uh, yep. Ross. The, these pictures. These are the same bear. This is shocking. They really yeah, put they, bears, I mean, they, they get like skinny and then they bulk up. Yeah. They just sit there and eat salmon all day. Wow. <laughs> wow. They do some binging. They do. They yeah, binge. Yeah. Yeah. Give me a, I'm going to go with a lady too. I'm going to go with Grazer. Grazer, large adult female. Um, she's uh, defensive. She's got two and a half year old cu- twin, two and a half year old cubs. And you best not get close to the Cubs, it looks like. She is mean and she is big. Uh, give me, yeah, give me old, uh, give me the old girl Grazer. All right. One, two, eight. Sean Anderson? I don't know. Here. I'm going with bear number 901. That's and good. this bear should be listed as 911 because she's as big as an ambulance from what I'm seeing <laughs> My goodness, this is a massive bear. Big, broad shoulders, strength coming from the hips, and I mean, just just round as hell. So I'm going with 901 with my selection. It's a good choice, and we should let people know. Sean Anderson is college football lineman size, so he knows what good mass looks like. Uh, Yeah, this is that's a 901 has been around. She's that's a good candidate, man. Boy, oh boy, that is a massive bear. All right, anyway, we will. it, it ends uh, next week, so it's, it's a quick one. But uh, gettoexplore.org starts on the 5th. So I don't know what day you're listening to this, but it it is big. Um, Get on to it. To do all that. All right, and then finally, we're gonna, we, we, we have the story that was sent to us most often, um, easily. This is, uh, we've, we've been discussing lately the cheating in chess with the anal beads. Can't um, get away from the story, can we? <laughs> can't a college football has no rules anymore so all of our fun cheating stories <laughs> yeah. we have to outsource our right. fun they, cheating they stories. were so much fun and now they're not we don't have it anymore so 
we have to outsource our cheating outrage, if there's even outrage, uh, although there should be on this. So there was a fishing tournament in, uh, in Cleveland called the uh, Fall Brawl. Mm, okay. Fall Brawl. Anyway, everyone knows competitive fishing is like oddly just big money, right? There's a lot going on here. So there, is a, there was a competition in uh, Lake Erie. Uh, you're basically getting walleye, I guess, uh, at this time of year. And um, these two guys that have been dominating, named uh, Runyon and uh, Kaminsky, are their two, 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 two last names. Uh, they have been winning and winning and winning. And there's been a lot of, a lot of buzz in the, in the fishing community, the competitive fishing community, particularly in the Ohio circuit, that this doesn't, like, you just can't every time catch all the fish, right? Catch the biggest fish. Uh, there is some luck to competitive fishing. Obviously, guys are very skilled, and they would beat me in a fishing contest, but they're not just going to beat all the other guys. So there was some suspicions. The the circuit actually had a film to uh, put put cameras on a few boats, like as a promotional video, and they actually won legally, apparently, uh, one week. So that kind of made people think, well, maybe it was legit. But uh, this time they show up at the at the place where you're going to weigh in your 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 walleye, and uh, uh, there's like if they win, if they get over sixteen point eight nine pounds. They can claim team of the year honors, and there's 30000 bucks in money in this, okay? Chase Kaminsky and Jake Runyon. So they get there, and uh, the guy who is uh, in charge of it is named Jason Fisher. He's actually named Fisher of the fishing tournament. He sees their catch, and he, you know, these guys know the size of these fishes. So he looks and says, that's going to be that fish about four or five pounds right there. They got five fishes. They're probably going to win it. They weigh the fish, and it comes in at uh, five fish come in at 33.91 pounds. The first one was almost eight pounds. And Fisher is looking and saying, that fish can't weigh eight pounds. So, and, and people in the crowd don't know, and people start yelling. There's a great video of this. People are no effing way and all this stuff. Your fish are so much big. How is this? Everyone's, there's a lot of skepticism. So Fisher, and this is dramatic video, dramatic, <laughs> calls it for a, a knife. And while they're oh, filming, no. takes the knife and cuts open the fish and then declares as these two ch these chunks of lead weight come out. Yes, oh, we've got God. weights in the fish. Oh, my God. <laughs> Additionally, serious? there were other pieces of chopped up fish like filet that they would put in there, presumably so that the weights wouldn't rattle. They were stuffing extra meat in their fish. Jesus. <laughs> so, so you got to watch this video. They're ready. The, the rest of the fishermen are all like yelling at them, get the hell out of you. You are, they're calling them names. It looks like they're going to get dragged and beaten. So they probably deserve. There's 30 grand on the line here. Yeah. <laughs> wow. And, uh, and uh, so these two guys are basically busted and, uh, Fisher is, is very long story. Great story by Jay Busby uh, on on Yahoo. Just type in Jay Busby Yahoo Sports uh, with the whole thing, and it is an elaborate elaborate cheating scam that they were stuffing weights in fish. Pat, you're a resident fisherman. Your thoughts on this? And yeah, uh, should these people be like taken out into Lake Erie and just drowned? Should there be death penalty on this? 
Yes, let's start with that. Just, I mean, just take them out there, right? Tie all their lead weights that they stuffed in the fish to their legs and, <laughs> and do right. away with them. Well, it's only more. a couple pounds, so it's probably. I know not, we yeah. need <laughs> more weight. We, we, we need a little more that. weight, but but get it done. Uh, this is look. This is what you get with walleye fishermen. They can't be trusted. Bass <laughs> fishing, much more honorable pursuit. Go out there for the walleye, and you know, I mean, they're throwing these ridiculous lures anyway. Now, this, this, again, if you want purity, you go with the bass fishing. You want whatever the hell, you go with the walleye fishing up there in Lake Erie and up there in the north. And it's uh, it's a it's not a noble pursuit like bass fishing. So I am not shocked, but still, yes, they should be drowned. Uh, well, as a as a boy from the Gulf Coast, grew up doing uh, uh, golf fishing rodeos uh, for snapper and tuna and the like. Uh, I I think these uh, fishermen should. Uh, I'll go one step further. Pat says tie the lead weights to them and drop them in the lake. I say do the same thing they did to the fish. It's time for those lead weights to go down the pipe. You know, <laughs> you, you got to swallow some lead weights. You know, so uh, you know, uh, yeah, man, that's cheating. And there's money on the line. And uh, no, I, this is a this is a capital offense. People were yelling, where's your crown now? <laughs> we all effing knew it. it over scene, a lot I of will people, say. man. Yeah. They've been doing this expletive for years. All the other fishermen were very, very angry. Uh, I fished in the Atlantic. I don't, don't even get the idea of maybe of the competition. It's just get it and sell it. Uh, part, <laughs> part of what was bizarre about... Uh, this and one of the so one of the reasons they were suspicious is that they would often uh, after the fishing tournament they'd have someone from like a soup kitchen there to take all of the fish right mm -hmm. so the fish don't get wasted and they would not donate their fish to the soup kitchen ah uh, uh, yeah mm -hmm. they've been doing this for like how much been, money how much money have they won a lot uh, wow. so the scamming the whole walleye trail. Yeah, the wow. fall season starts in on October 15th, according to this. There's 800,000 on the line. And this wasn't even... And it's a lot of these guys, like the fishermen already have spent, like they have $100,000 boats. They got all this yeah. stuff, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. And they're spending tons of time and all of that. But yeah, that was big. And then they started... So to help up on the, uh, on the suspicions, they've been giving dudes polygraphs. <laughs> wow. <laughs> So the fish story, right? I mean, it's one thing to come back and be like, I caught this fish is this big, right? I mean, that's the story. Everyone, oh, yeah, I, I was battling this monster, right? And then it got away or I, I threw it back, whatever. But <laughs> No, they're, 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 there are a few things I think probably less honest than fishing in terms of that. Fish stories, um, <clears throat> the old trick. You know, when you catch something, you hold it as close, and you want a picture, you hold it as far away from you and as close to the camera as you can to right, make it look bigger. Right. You know, there's, there's lots of lots of tricks to the trade. Other tricks is uh, add ice into the fish. And then it weighs more, but it melts quickly so that if there is an investigation, it yeah. melts the, and you can't The evidence is water. gone. Yeah. But then you could reweigh the, I don't know. It's a lot of stuff. Uh, so look at it is getting nasty on Lake Erie. It is getting yep. nasty. There are some angry Buckeyes out there ready to ready to kill these two. And you know, 
Stand your ground. Stand your ground. I don't know. Jury of your peers. You might get it. Uh, all right. We've gone long, but we had to get through some of these. We have more crazies. Huge We're behind stories. on our yep. crazies. We will be back, however, with Race for the Case later this week. We'll pick our games. Of course, we're going to play uh, our annual uh, Would You Eat It from the Texas State Fair, and uh, we'll have updates on anything else. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna go to we're gonna take us out, Sean, with uh, SEC, our new favorite song, uh, the the playing so playing of Ch- of uh, Chase's song SEC. Uh, I hope it goes big. I hope it is blaring and driving. Uh, people are singing along at SEC tailgates everywhere. Uh, do it up. Keep subscribing. Uh, share us on social media. Share the song and uh, tell your friends about us. And we will talk to you later. Only pull up to your party if you're SAE. She goes to college in the SEC. And I get up just to go out just so she'll be seen. She only pulling up if she drinking for free. She goes to college in the SEC. Yeah. Don't waste your time. She's got a type. QB or PhD, she wanna be a trophy wife. And she's a 10, like out of five. She'll catch your eye and then she'll wreck your entire life. Georgia, Kentucky, or Miss LSU. Texas AM in Yeah, she goes to college in the SEC. And I get up just to go out just so she'll be seen. Yeah, Brack Ruby, all for the team. Only pull up to your party if you're SAE. She goes to college in the SEC. And I get up just to go out just so she'll be seen. She only pulling up if she drinking for free. She goes to college in the SEC. Yeah. Arkansas brings her bags, rip your heart out, bandy girls are good at that Shoot your shot, but she ain't gonna hit you back If you know one, then you know them all She go to college in the SEC And I get up just to go out, just so she'll be seen, yeah Frat groupie, all for the team Only pull up to your party if you're SAE She goes to college in the SEC And I get up just to go out, just so she'll be seen she only pulling up, is she drinking with free? She goes to college in the SEC, yeah. She goes to college.